right now to the studio from the Recombobulation Area blog and important reporting. Dan Schaefer, welcome. Sandy, thanks so much for having me. Dan, you were watching last night. We've been taking listener calls and texts on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Some of the one-word reactions to seeing Aaron Rodgers go down last night. The latest ones are humbled. 262 hmm. says payback. Uh, 262 also texted in one word, relax. Oh, my. There's a good callback. <laughs> uh, and 414 texted in the word embarrassing. Susan's word was heartbreaking. What's your one word? I'm just, wow. Can I go with wow? You can. I, I, wow you know, it's just well such spo- a remarkable. As well spoken and well, uh, well researched as you are. But yes, that's a candid reaction. I think that's, it was a, it's a shock. It still is. That's why we're all, that's why people who don't even really care about football are going, wait a minute, nobody saw this coming. I mean, how could you, how could you? It's just such a re- unbelievable turn of events mm-hmm. with. You know, all of the hype coming into Aaron Rodgers joining the New York Jets was the star of Hard Knocks. I don't know if you watch Hard right. Knocks at all. I, I was watching that for a few weeks. He was absolutely stealing the show there, leading up to this big Monday night football game. And on the first series, he goes down. It's just, it, you can't, you know, ever predict anything like that happening. If you, you know, were I've, writing I've, the movie, you'd have to change this scene, right? Like, oh, that's right. too unbelievable. Yeah, that's it too seems over too, the top. Yeah, it seems too dramatic. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I've had my issues with Rogers over the years, but this is just so heartbreaking. You know, it, there's so much went into this, and you you hate to see someone's season end on an injury like this. It, it's uh, it's such a bummer. Yeah, I was hoping it was just going to be a little ankle twist or something, and he was going to get back out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We. It's just, yeah, it it didn't look that. But we've all seen injuries which were much more like, whoa, yeah. you know, where where you can't even watch it twice because it's cringy. Some of those high-impact yes. injuries. Yeah. You're grabbing right. your chest going, oh, no, that probably really Yeah, hurt. that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. yeah. But no, this is a, a bad a bad land. So I'm sure this will continue to be a topic of conversation. But, Dan, I don't want to spend all of our valuable recombobulation area time Focusing on Aaron Rodgers. He's he's usually a distraction anyway, but there are other newsworthy things. <laughs> distraction. Happening. That's a one word. There's one word. But there are so many other newsworthy things happening in our state and in our in our city. Uh, what would you like to start with? I know you have some breaking news. Yeah, there's some some news today. Uh, I think a few of us had this date circled for when we would uh, be learning more about the future of the Mitchell Park Domes. Yes. And there's going to be a meeting uh, later this morning on the future of the domes uh, at the Milwaukee County Board's Parks and Culture Committee. Uh, but at the Recombobulation Area, we, we happened to come across an early look at the report there. So we were able to get a little bit of the details uh, of what is going to be included in that report, what's going to be presented to the county board. Those files are online on the county's website. Uh, so uh, listening audience, if you if you want to go dig through, uh, put on your reporter hats and, and dig through all the uh, the very fun public websites that we have in Milwaukee County and City of Milwaukee, you can do that. But or you that can head public- over to the Recombobulation sure. Area and see our breakdown of uh, of the various options. And there are... Uh, if I can get into it here, then there are yeah. four alternatives okay. uh, presented You've got for the, the future. Scoop. This uh, is exciting. That's right. That's right. So we've got four alternatives presented for the future of the domes. Alternative one is demolish the domes with defined limits. The projected cost for that is six point four million. Alternative two, repair all three domes. Projected cost for that twenty nine million. Mm. Alternative three, restore all three domes and common areas. Cost projected for that. 91 million and alternative four restore one dome in this case it would be the tropical dome 
build a new conservancy slash event center and a new entry courtyard. Feasibility cost for that sixty four million. So a, obviously a pretty wide range of options in costs and and approach to what might happen uh, for the domes. Again, this is a, the newly re- released report from the Concord Group. This has been months, if not years, yeah. uh, in the making. Uh, and I think it's going to set up a really interesting debate today, first at the Parks and Culture Committee, but I think all around Milwaukee and Milwaukee County in the area, with so many eyes towards this Milwaukee landmark as it kind of reaches an interesting inflection point on its future. And these three domes are such a sentimental favorite of this city, even if you realize you haven't gone in 10 years or people got married there and don't really go back. It, I, yet there seems to be some potential. It's a visible plot of land it's part of the parks and when you go through these four options certainly the fourth option sounds interesting and viable to me because if you're going to restore the tropical dome which is a beloved favorite especially in all seasons Mm -hmm. it's my one of my favorite places to go in the winter i like to go there in january to to, to feel a little bit of warmth exactly and experience flowers and and trees and cacti that aren't normally here Plus, where else would the corpse flower live? But if you restore the Tropical Dome, which it sounds like that's going to be a thorough process, but then you also have this event center space that's going to be refurbished and not so outdated. It's charming. I'm very charmed by the domes. But if you have a more up-to-date space to have those weddings, gatherings, whatever may be. Field trips. Field trips. And are there also maybe possible multi-purpose use could you have a store or a coffee shop or something in there that could be a retail space i don't know i haven't read the report but yeah but those four options that's what jumps out to me is to just have the one but well i could you i guess that's just it like but if i would like to have all three but if you're just restoring all three at 91 million which is 30 million more right are are you just restoring the domes, or is there also that event space that goes with that? Mm-hmm. There's also with it too for the second alternative, the repairing all three. That comes with a significantly higher number of ongoing costs as well. So if you know if the the res- it's more the of the rest- band aid, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not the, just the restoration, right? It's the, the full restoration options will have fewer uh, ongoing costs projected over the tw- next twenty years. I think those were in the kind of t- ten to twelve million dollar. Uh, expected costs over the next uh, 20 years, but the second alternative plan, the expected cost for those, that's over 30 million. So, mm-hmm. so that is, you know, kind of more of the same of what we've seen. The kind of continued maintenance, you know, we've seen the uh, uh, the different type of approaches that the county parks have had to take mm-hmm. to maintain the domes. Uh, you know, they, these are uh, facilities that were built in the 1960s. So it does take right. a lot of upkeep. And I happened to take a tour of the domes with one of the county parks directors uh, a couple months ago and to kind of see a little behind the scenes. It was pretty eye-opening. I mean, if you have the chance to take that tour, to see some of the behind-the-scenes things of, of what really goes into, you know, maintaining all of the, uh, all of the you know, horticultural aspects of it, but the physical infrastructural aspects of it, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and I, I, I think that was that was a really eye-opening tour. It's, it's just a... Uh, it's 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 in a state of disrepair. It, we need to make a decision on it as a community. Once this report is presented, first, where will it be presented? And then what are the next steps to stop talking about what can we do with it and finally make a decision? 
Well, so the the report will be presented later this morning. There's an 11 o'clock meeting set for the Parks and, Parks and Culture Committee of the Milwaukee County Board uh, that, you know, will probably begin, you know, I don't know, noon, one. That's how the county usually does with their meetings. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Um, but the, the chair of the uh, committee, Sheldon Wasserman, said in a quote in advance of the meeting in a press release, he said, I strongly believe the future of the domes must be decided in the near future. We cannot and should not continue to kick the can down the road on this important issue. After this report is received, a decision must be made that prioritizes the long-term future of the entire park. So I think, you know, they don't give us a date. Yeah, they don't give us a date. They don't give us a date. They've got, got to keep it flexible. But I think also, too, it, it, you know, the, there's been talk in the run-up to this that it's not just about the domes, too. It's about Mitchell Park. That's a very important mm-hmm. uh, and expansive park uh, on Milwaukee's south side that could, you know, could be activated a little bit more to to engage the around surrounding neighborhood. So I know uh, the county supervisor there, uh, Juan Martinez, he's been engaging with the neighborhood and, and a number of people with Friends of the Domes having some key conversations. Uh, about, you know, not just the domes that people might come to on a field trip or whatever, all these different things that we've mentioned, but Mitchell Park as well. And I think that's a really important Mm -hmm. aspect of this to consider. I mean, there was a music festival back in my Marquette College days. It was Jiggles Fest and people would go there. And I I never wound up going. I, I know everybody else took their blankets and their beers and would enjoy music. In Mitchell Park. Yeah. And I don't know if there was an official band show like there is in Humboldt Park, but... I, I just I crave a creative solution like the traveling beer gardens like I, I just crave some solution so we don't have to lose what really is a beloved landmark. I feel so sentimental about the domes. Yeah, because and- it is part of of what makes Milwaukee. I mean, even our skyline to see the the outline of the domes. And we pride ourselves in Wisconsin about being agricultural and science, you know, like this embodies so much of what we want in a beautiful way it's like how can we save these domes and make this and just make the decision to okay we're going to come up with some creative solutions and make this a social space and a safe space to be in i would love for it to be the we energy domes that's and, what i mean Those you know creative, some sort of you know yeah. corporate sponsorship and and you've got the the desert dome and you've got the tropical dome and then you have a environmental information dome or something Educational like that dome, yeah. sure and uh, you know that's that's that would be a great thing for them to be um a sponsor of saving the domes one one of the interesting things that i saw when i did take that kind of behind the scenes tour was that you know you could see you could see the you know the aging infrastructure of the mm-hmm. current domes but they also have recently built that greenhouse uh they used to have a farmer's market there uh they have that greenhouse there that where they kind of keep and maintain and and care for a lot of the plants and all that that is a remarkable facility. That is new. It's it's state of the art. It ha- it runs on you know, uh, the the it it, it runs really well and it, the county parks is really well maintained. But it's such a contrast if you just walk the little yeah. uh, <laughs> alleyway there, basically that they have between the two. It's just like you're in the 21st century and, and then you're you go in back the, in time. In the 1960s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Which we're getting closer and closer. Yeah, it was uh, over 50 years ago. So right. Yeah. My goodness. Well, thank you very much much for giving us the latest on the domes and i'll be very curious to find out uh, what happens out of the meetings this morning and hopefully inspire somebody to come up with some creative solutions which which of the options before we switch to a different subject are you leaning towards dan you know i think you have a deeper depth i think we have to have an honest and and 
un- potentially uncomfortable conversation about the future of the domes because I think you you look at the costs, you look at the budget constraints that the county parks is under too, and I think the, that's an important piece of this to consider. The county parks budget now is the same that, as it was in 1989. They have lost thousands of employees, millions of dollars in their annual operating budget to maintain the county parks. So uh, do, where's the money coming for? Right. So a, there has you know, to be a, a solution. A 60 to 90 million dollar restoration option. You know, that would that would in, involve the private sector in a big way. I know we saw some of that, you know, with uh, the symphony building, you know, down the street here on Wisconsin Avenue. Could a similar effort be raised for the domes? Remains to be seen. Dan Schaefer from the Recombobulation area. We will talk about his latest column about Judge Janet Protasewicz next. I'm Sandy Max, and in for Steve Scafidi today is Susan Varela, Executive Director of Skylight Music Theater. And we are joined in the studio by Dan Schaefer of the Recombobulation Area. It is a website and blog that if you haven't read it, you should, because it will keep you up to date on all sorts of current events and political happenings. For example, uh, Dan Schaefer just published moments ago an early report on because you got a first look at the domes financial report which will be met on in about an hour so you are right there on top of it with the news and then right there with it you, you are recombobulating you on are a tuesday morning getting us all organized and put into place uh and then the latest column uh is you have uh thoroughly explored ideas on the potential impeachment of judge janet protosewitz and what is why did you write this essay well, there's a lot there, and there's this. It's meaty. This this issue is absolutely upending politics in the state of Wisconsin. You know, we had this huge, uh, important spring election. Uh, voters decisively sent Janet Protasewicz to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, uh, shifting the balance of power. And almost immediately after she is sworn in, you know, Robin Voss and Wisconsin Republicans have floated this idea, pushing to potentially impeach Janet Protasewicz even before she has heard a case. Uh, so, you know, there are there are a number of ins and outs and legal uh, mumbo jumbo and details involved with this. Uh, but I think it really just comes down to Wisconsin Republicans continuing this this streak of undermining and and invalidating or trying to overturn election results. You know, in 2018, after Tony Evers beat Scott Walker, we had a situation where the legislature moved to strip powers from from the governor's office. After 2020, uh, when Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in the state, Robin Voss almost immediately called committee hearings questioning those results and launched the uh, Gableman investigation. Mm -hmm. Now in 2023, we have a similar scenario where we have Voters, you know, making their voices heard decisively with this election. Uh, she is sworn in on August 1st. And by the middle of September here, we're already talking about impeaching her, which would be an unprecedented action in the state of Wisconsin's history. Uh, you know, some reports from the AP were talking about how it is potentially unprecedented in the nation's history to have, have an impeachment uh, of this nature. And yet Wisconsin Republicans continue to ignore the voice of the voters and ignore the will of the people and march forward with this ridiculous impeachment attempt. And, you know, I think one of the things that, uh, you know, that we'll be, you know, kind of looking to as this unfolds is, is whether they have the votes and whether they have the, the full votes to impeach uh, in the state assembly, it requires a majority vote. 
you know, they have large gerrymandered majorities there. It's 64 to 35 uh, in favor of the Republicans in the Assembly. Uh, so even if you do have a couple of Republicans, like Representative Scott Johnson uh, last week said they're not on board with impeachment, that's going to be a pretty easy vote. But in the state Senate, it requires a two-thirds supermajority, if they lose, which they have. But if mm-hmm. they lose one Republican, they're not able to do that. And Democrats are really dialing up the pressure on this. Uh, they launched this Defend Justice campaign last week where they're not only putting the, putting the spotlight on this issue, putting pressure on the issue. They're putting pressure on every last member of the Wisconsin state legislature. Uh, and I think that is a really interesting approach to be doing it. It is not just... Robin Voss and those in leadership who are pushing this. This is, you know, uh, all of the dozens of members uh, of the Wisconsin State Legislature who have to make a decision and will have to be on the record and where they are, where they stand, where they support uh, in in this incredibly important moment uh, for for Wisconsin. And I think, uh, you know, this is really upending state politics. Impeachment attempt would bring about lots of political turmoil constitutional crisis there, there's so many issues uh that this would raise and i really hope that they do back away from this because it, it would be so damaging for the state and it stems from it stems from comments that she made during her, the election process correct yeah it was about her comments in particular comments regarding a redistricting case mm-hmm. you know she talked about she said that the maps were quote rigged um and you know throughout that process that you know and now they're one of the first cases brought before this was this new uh wisconsin supreme court was a case challenging the challenging the maps challenging whether they were uh legal under the state constitution and you know republicans want her to recuse because she said that on the campaign trail mm-hmm. but you know that gets into a really thorny issue are are should candidates be talking about their values talking about where they stand on certain issues on the campaign trail there's plenty of evidence in judicial elections going back you know, years and years saying it, uh, with candidates talking about where they stand, you know, saying they're endorsed by certain groups and whatever, you know, th- this really isn't that out of bounds. But Republicans are taking such an extreme uh, response to it that it's that it's really causing a lot of problems. We appreciate your reporting on this. It's a very thorough and important essay freshly published on the Recombobulation Area blog. If you're looking for it, you can search the Recombobulation Area. You'll probably get some interesting images. Yeah, Or you you. can go directly to the website, recombobulationarea.substack.com. Dan Schaefer, thank you as ever. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.